The Last Word with Matt Cooper. TV and streaming with Joe Shane, Elaine Burke. Your TV licence, of course, is €160 if you pay it. It could be replaced. It's been that since 2008, so we're not talking about inflation. And a lot of you know we're not paying it, so the government is under pressure to find an alternative. And one of the possibilities was highlighted on the front page of the Business Post yesterday. A levy of between 10 and 15 euro a month charged on household internet and phone bills or broadband bills as an alternative. Elaine Burke, is that a good idea? Because wouldn't that catch everybody? So this is just one of a few ideas that they're looking at in terms of trying to recoup this 19 million euro shortfall in licence revenue and also to replace that system to begin with because even before that shortfall, this was not working as a system to fund public service broadcasting in Ireland. So it's been on the table for a while to look into an alternative and this is one of them and this looks like the worst one. Genuinely. The worst like, one, I do Why? think people will rail against it, being tacked onto their bills. Those companies are going to not be happy that they have to tack on this levy to their bills. A lot of these bills are actually done in packaged deals. So you will actually likely have a bundled deal for your broadband that couples in with other things. Which typically would be how much? Uh, oh, uh, price-wise it can really range. And then people add in streaming services on top of that and you can have different access to different programming depending on your package. So some people might be spending like 60 euro a month and some people might be spending spending a lot more than that or a lot less than that. Double or more. Yeah, it really depends on what kind of package you're on um, and what kind of services you need. Like some people need extra broadband uh, facilities to be pumped into their house because they've got kids who are gaming while they're trying to do their work and someone else is streaming something and they need extra capability. And does it also make an assumption that everyone in the house is on the family broadband plan where there might be other people perhaps who have personal plans tied in with their mobile phone? And there's lots of types of broadband plans that people might have. Like some people who get a broadband only plan sometimes will get that through a dongle that they use for like when they go down to a holiday home or something like that that has poor service. So there's lots of different ways that people access broadband services, this, does make, this makes a really, really complicated system because you'd have to look into all of that. And with this proposal, apparently the government set up a technical working group to look into that, even though it's not even one of the three proposals that the Future of Media Commission gave in 2022, when they already did a report on what would be the reasonable thing to do if we were going to go forward with public service broadcasting funding and a change in that. And they table things like uh, a direct household charge or exchequer funding. And they also, you know, explored the avenue of keeping it as is. They were the three suggestions that they explored. Why are we looking at this third terrible option? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this listener says, my mum has no broadband, so does she get her licence for free? What do you think, Joe Shea? Well, well, listen, what people, you know, the National broadband plan, broadband plan was announced in 2012, right? They were supposed to connect every house in, in Ireland, rural Ireland, to high-speed fibre, uh, you know, broadband. Half, that, the, the number of houses was, has been brought down uh, consistently to around uh, five, uh, half a million premises. But there's only, depending on the figures that you can look up and are accessible, so far maybe 50,000 have actually been connected up. Now, they're saying they're rolling it out faster. But if you're in rural Ireland and you're, you know, you're, a, you're watching RTE or a fan of RTE and you're, and you're being told you have to pay, uh, what they, are they just going to put on your mobile in that case then because you don't have access to proper broadband? I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a really bad, bad, clunky way of trying to collect something that everybody says has to be collected. Uh-huh. Also... Yeah, another well, listener says, what about the people who have the free TV licence? Yeah. How do they ensure that these households then don't get charged? 
Exactly. I mean, it's it's it seems like a really really difficult way to do this, you know. And also, who who gets the levy then? Because are we still going to only you know is money going to be just given to RT? But do Virgin local radio do they get some of it? Do you know? Does do, do they share it out more equitably? You know, before we even got to the scandals of last year, there were lots of people in the independent TV production sector who would have told you, you know, honestly when you talk to them and wouldn't. Say it's out loud that the model was completely broken. That they they really couldn't work with what are the way that the system was set up. Are you funding? You know the way shows were made, the decisions how they were made, all this kind of stuff. It's this seems like a really really. You know, it's not in any way tackling the actual wider and much okay. wider problem of, of public service broadcasting in Ireland. The listener has a different idea. Surely everyone has electricity, so put the charge on that. <laughs> so you get your 450 credit against yeah. your bills and another 160 comes back to yeah. cover your TV. Yeah, and it goes to RT to pay. I mean, and then I've seen people say, and it's a word, you know, it's worth bringing up. Does this mean RT so are going to look at the uh, the level of salaries to the top presenters? You know, we saw what Ryan Tubbery's been paid in the UK for for a national uh, radio allegedly. show in the UK, allegedly. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it seems to be far far less than what he was getting paid in Ireland. This is not against Ryan Tubbery, but this is like there are so many questions to be answered, and just coming up with this plan. Oh, we'll just we'll just slap a levy on your on your mobile phone, your broadband. And that'll solve everything. It just seems crazy to me. Okay. Uh, is there going to be an Irish version, uh, Lane, of the traitors? I don't like this idea. Um, Why not? I thought everyone loved the traitors. That's the thing. People love the traitors. And guess what? You can watch the traitors on BBC and it's a really high production value show. They take It takes place in a castle. They put 22 contestants away in a castle. They do mad things like... We've loads of castles in Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, but they are expensive to rent out for the length of time that you'd need for this kind of production. This isn't filming people for a day in an industrial estate in Fonthill, which was like Last One Laughing Ireland for Amazon Prime. This is this is a very expensive production and it's only been uh, optioned by Kite Entertainment who've done big productions outside um, in rural areas and stuff like that because they do Ireland's Fittest Family and they do Gogglebox Ireland. They did Last One Laughing, that's why I brought that up. But I, RCA would need to commission this and I can't see them fronting the money for something like this in the current situation that they're in. Joe, do so you think it's going to happen? The, Ar- no, the I, Irish traitors? No, I doubt it very much. And if it did happen, it just wouldn't have the production values that the BBC show has. It's just, it, it's too expensive. That sort of TV is getting way, way, way too expensive to make in this country. And RT would never get away with it, given the backdrop of everything that's happened that we just talked about. Okay, last one laughing Ireland, as it happens, Elaine. Is, uh, are the reviews funnier than the programme itself on Amazon Prime? I think, yeah, some of the reviewers are trying to out-compete each other with uh, how scathing they can be. Uh, I've actually watched the whole show. I binged it at the weekend. And uh, it's easy to just throw on in the background and have on to accompany you doing whatever chores you're doing at the weekend. But I, I didn't get a lot of laughs myself, I'll be totally honest. I'm not sure the concept actually really worked. So the idea What is the concept? So the idea is that they got all these comedians together, 10 comedians, and they were to not laugh so they're trying to make each other laugh so that they stay in the competition um, but they're trying to not laugh at each other so I gets, believe they've been very successful because they're not doing anything that would make exactly. anyone laugh it's not even just that like comedians are also really hard to make laugh because it's kind of their job they see a joke nearly analytically um, so I think even some of the laughs were that they were disqualified for were really just like a little smile here or there because someone was actually cycling a bike and enjoying it or uh, Jedward turned up and someone had a smile or something you know I mean it's just like 
because it's not Joe, working. Yeah, it seems that even if the comedians aren't laughing, that the audience isn't laughing either, and definitely the reviewers seem to be scowling. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pat Stacey, one of the reviewers in the Irish Independent, said it's less amusing than dunking your genitals in liquid nitrogen and then whacking them with a toffee hammer, which is a pretty, that's a pretty good line. It, it's been universally slaughtered, basically, by the critics. Um, you know, it's it's very tough to get, I think it's very tough to make funny shows with stand-up comedians unless, if you're, if you're not letting them do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Because stand-up comedy... Uh, I'm allergic to stand-up comedy at the best of times and I'm allergic to, to TV talent shows so it's like they designed a show that I, I couldn't possibly watch but I think <laughs> the format the format is wrong and I, I think what ends up is you're getting stand-up comedians are really competitive and there's loads of jealousy in the business and all that kind of stuff and I think it's just it's it's what it's showing is stand-up comedians don't like each other very much often Oh there's a, actually a great moment where Bernard O'Shea gets thrown in he's not one of the competitors he just gets thrown in to try and elicit some laughs from them again failure to do so and Dave McSavage literally just goes I don't like you uh, Brendan let's not pretend that we're friends our Bernard and it was unintentionally the most funny moment in the show he he sounded dead serious I believed every word he said okay let's get pics of the week from both of you Joe you're really you told us this one at the start of the year Masters of the Year on Apple Plus which starts this week and I don't know from what I've read about it whether this is going to work or not Matt I'm going to berate the country into watching Masters of the Year if it's the last thing I do right it's starting Apple Plus on Friday don't believe all everything that's been written about this okay because it's had a really troubled background it's been in production since 2012 but this is from the people the same people Steven Spielberg Tom Hanks the people who did um um, uh, oh my God, the Pacific Brothers. and Band of Brothers, yeah. right? So this is Band of Brothers in the air. This is the air war in Europe. This is epic, musty world uh, World War Two drama with an incredible cast. And, missed, and partly because it took so long to finish, it was in production for years that they actually have uh, uh, you know a lot of people who are, have suddenly become at the time that they hired them and cast them weren't big, and now they're really really big. You know, so it's 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 definitely I think Masters of the Air and Friday. I think if you like drama, if you like war movies, if you like all that kind of stuff, it's. I think it has to be what has to be watched. And then I have no doubt what you're going to nominate as your pick of the week, anyway, <laughs> given your obsession yeah. with Eurovision. And I am going to Malmo this year. Um, and on Friday night, Ireland has to choose a good Euro song to go and compete in Malmo. Um, so the late late shot slot will be filled with this Euro song selection process. There's six in the offing. Uh, one is a Louis Walsh band. Maybe not that one. And then there's Erica Cody has a really great earwormy pop hit. There's a girl called Ailsha who does video game uh, composing. And her song is a bit like, if you heard some of the selections last year, Caria's Cha 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 was a big hit out of last year's uh, Eurovision. It's not far beyond that. And it might have people headbanging and singing On Will Kiadagum Dolgadi on Letteris across Europe, which would be hilarious. Uh, and then we've got Bambi Tug, who uh, is from Cork. And it's kind of like Cork's answer to Grimes. So there's three quite interesting acts I think uh, could actually have a good shout on this. And, you know, it's going to be in Malmo this year. Is this the Late Late Show again? This is on the Late Late Show. It's on the Late Late Show. So Patrick Keelty will be presenting. Yeah, let's see how he does hosting this. His next challenge is the Late Late Show. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an obstacle course of Patrick Keelty. It's like, okay, do the country special. Okay, do the toy show. Okay, do the Eurovision. Pick a good Eurovision song, Patrick. It's what he signed up for. Thank you very much for running late. Joe Shea, Elaine Burke for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.